Hello and welcome to episode 22 of Feckin' Metal. I'm your host, Fergal Trainer. A bit late this week, like last week. It's becoming a bit of a habit. You might say fashionably late. If episode 22 of Feckin' Metal were a person, uh, it would be a cool-looking guy in a leather jacket strolling into a party with a bag of cans, standing in the corner and talking to nobody. Um, which, yeah, it's episode 22 but on the Feckin' Check-In Podcast Network, we're nearly at episode 100. So I think this is the 98th podcast episode we've done on the network. The network which used to be at one time called the Cameras Action Doom Podcast Network. Until we launched the Feckin' Check-In back in April of 2020. And we changed the name of the podcast network then as well. The network also houses our previous podcasts, Two-Faced Fake Snakes and Open Us. And then the Feckin' Check-In which started in April. Um, yeah, so I think this is episode 98 on, on the feed. And actually, we're at a point now where stuff has started to drop off the feed because there's so much on it. So episode one of Two Face Fake Snakes is gone, I've found. You'll probably find it somewhere else on the internet if you want to listen to it. Maybe don't listen to it because it sounds horrendous now. <laughs> if I listen back to it, I, uh, I struggle to get through a, an episode of Two Face Fake Snakes. The production values are are not there really but um i know the content is is still there it's it's, it's so naive you know it's so naive in its approach and it's just it's, uh, it's i don't know it's just like a deer in the headlights type of thing i'm not sure if that makes any sense um so yes we're nearly at episode 100 in fact episode 100 that was a that was a, an impression of um liz hurley i believe from austin powers in 1997 it was um an impression of Ms. Kensington, daughter of Mrs. Kensington, of course. Um, so yeah, there you go. In fact, so come for the metal, stay for the Ms. Kensington impressions. Now, I wish I never bloody mentioned my Sabbath bloody arc. <laughs> right, so I had these ideas, you know. Uh, I'm going to do a Sabbath, a Black Sabbath arc. Why not? It seems topical. It seems interesting. And it seems like a challenge. And I am doing it. And I am still going to do it. And as I sit here on Friday the 26th of February, I've done one interview and I have an interview lined up on Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. So these things are happening. Wheels are in motion. But it's not going to arrive for a long time. So rather than make this Chinese democracy. And give you some half-assed update every week. Let's just forget I ever said anything about it. And then when it arrives, it'll arrive. And it'll probably sit alongside the regular feckin' metal episodes. But as an extra. Um, here I go making promises again. Just stop. Stop it. If you're doing it, just stop it. Um, no. But yes, I am doing it. And I'm going to deliver it, but it's changed a lot since I first planned it. So let's just say I'm doing it slowly in the background, and when it arrives, it will arrive. It won't take as long as Chinese democracy, I hope, but it will probably be better than that. How about that for a deal? Um, although I think Chinese democracy is great. Um, on that topic, actually, I was... Oh, sorry, so that's the Black Sabbath arc, right? Just forget I ever said anything, but it will happen. And when it does, you'll probably like it uh, somewhat. Um... Right, so yeah, on the topic of Chinese democracy and Guns N' Roses, I was a guest again on Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone recently uh, with Nesbitt from Talking Maiden and uh, the Night Demon Heavy Metal podcast. That's the episode that went up on the 23rd of February and we did the unthinkable. We uh, whittled down both Use Your Illusion 1 and Use Your Illusion 2 into one CD length album, so could not an, an album that could not exceed 80 minutes in length uh, something i said i'd never do but of course i'm a whore for the limelight so once uncle steve asked me i immediately said yes and i abandoned all of my integrity so that was actually really enjoyable and uh, i listened back to it and i enjoyed it and that's 
that's good because sometimes if I'm a guest on someone else's podcast, when I listen back to it, I cringe quite a lot. Um, I don't know. It's just the idea that I'm a guest on someone's podcast. It's a bit weird to me. But I had the cushion of Nesbitt there as well, so it didn't really feel like it was just me. So there you go. You might enjoy that. Go and have a look for it there. It was posted up on Uncle Steve's feed on the 23rd of February. Um now, my Black Sabbath arc, I've discussed that. Oh, yeah, and after the Black Sabbath arc, uh, I'll be moving on to a Lilith arc. Oh, that's an in-joke that one person will get. Maybe he's listening. Uh, but for this week, I am going to talk about Irish music. Um, yeah, that's, that's how original. Well, you know, I, um, I'm i getting a lot of, you know, I'm talking to a lot of people online I find if you're from Ireland, sometimes people are just interested in that. That's all you need to do. Um, if you go to a foreign country or you go on holidays somewhere, people are just interested that you're from Ireland. Only Irish people, I suppose, would be able to relate to that. But um, I've been chatting back and forth with some people on Twitter, on Facebook Messenger and whatever, and they're just, they seem to be interested in Ireland. And a lot of people have said to me, oh, I want to go to Ireland and I'd love to go on holiday to Ireland and blah, it's on my bucket list and all this type of stuff. And it is a, a kind of a, a quite a touristy place, you know, on the, the edge of Europe there and has all the, the lore and the legends and all that type of nonsense. And, you know, it's, it's, it's quite a beautiful country in the rural areas and, Therefore, based on all of that and based on how Irish people have penetrated the rest of the world, it's kind of a vulgar way of saying it, isn't it? Uh, it seems like a lot of people are interested in coming to Ireland on holidays. And I've been having a chat back and forth with people, so I was like, why not just share the music of Ireland with people? But I'm not talking about Clannad. I'm not talking about Enya. I'm certainly not talking about U2. No, I'm talking about Irish heavy metal and hard rock and how uh, Irish people have ended up in other bands and produced some of the best heavy metal and hard rock, and then uh, songs that are just related to Irish people, or maybe some cover versions of Irish bands. So that's the theme for this episode. Some tenuous links to Ireland, some properly Irish bands, and a couple of things in between. Before I get to all that, though, uh, if you're following me on Twitter, that's at Feckin' Metal Cast. I'm probably pissing you off at this stage because I'm doing a every t-shirt I have hashtag, where each day I wear a heavy metal or hard rock t-shirt from my collection, which is quite large. And... Um, I'm going to do it until I've none left. So maybe some of you have muted me in your feed. And if so, I don't blame you because you might be looking at it going, this isn't Instagram, pal. Shut up and produce podcasts. <laughs> but to me, it was um, a way of putting up a post every day that kind of generated a conversation. And a lot of them have generated conversations about uh, Black Sabbath or Iron Maiden or even Ailstorm there recently. Um, so people can kind of go, oh, yeah, I was at that gig or I know that band or I went to download in 2003 and blah, blah, blah. And some guy was telling me that he um, saw the surprise uh, Metallica gig at download in 2003. And that was the talk of the town at the time. I only got a one-day ticket to that festival just to see Iron Maiden, really. But another guy who was there the second day was telling me that. Somebody else told me that they recorded the whole show and as a bootleg. And now it's up on YouTube. And it just sparks interesting conversation. So apologies for littering your tweet or your, your tweed, your feed, your Twitter feed, with pictures of me and photos of me wearing t-shirts. Um, but I find it's a good way to get people talking. And on that note, I had flirted with the idea myself of producing t-shirts for the show, not to sell, but to um, to maybe give out as a prize or something. Uh, again, just to keep people interested and whatever. And I was jokingly making putting questions in my post and saying for bonus points tell me and some piece of trivia or whatever and then a 
couple of people had accumulated a few points and then I was like okay fuck it I'm actually going to make a thing out of this so what I'm doing is I'm going to order a, a small order of t-shirts with feckin, with the feckin metal artwork on them or maybe just the text I haven't decided yet but I have priced them and they're, they're pretty reasonable I'm going to order a small order of t-shirts I've dealt with this t-shirt company before the t-shirts are really good quality and hard wearing and the uh the logo or the text stays on them very well after multiple washes at 30 and 40. You'll be pleased to learn. Um, so I'm going to get a few of those and I'm going to do a competition. Uh, it's already ongoing. And basically, I'm going to hand out points based on questions uh, usually related to the, every t-shirt I have posts. And if you think all this is nonsense and rubbish, as, as I said, just mute me in your timeline and you never need here about any of it ever again. And I probably would if I were you, to be perfectly honest. But I'm not you, I'm me. So there, that's a paradox, isn't it? Um, no, it's not really, is it? Uh, so I am going to make a few t-shirts and I'm going to give the first person to reach 100 points uh, a t-shirt and maybe some other spot prizes as well. So I think Alejandra is in the lead there at the moment on 26. Andy Beren is in, in the in the running there as well. And a Sabbath Bloody Podcast and some other guy who just got two points today. I'm sorry, I can't remember off the top of my head who that person is. Um, but... There you go. I'm publishing the leaderboard every day if you're interested in that. Um, so there you go. That's that. So Irish music. Let's talk about Irish heavy metal. There is one massive or quite big Irish heavy metal band. That band is Primordial. They've been around since the 90s. Uh, I've spoken about Alan Averill a lot on my podcast because he has a podcast that I'm interested in. It's called Agitators Anonymous. I've listened to probably more than half of the episodes at this point and Alan is very interesting speaker. It's usually him solo. Sometimes he interviews people. He's a bit gloomy and he admits this up front. He's quite pessimistic. That's his his um, his uh, general disposition is one of pessimism. It's his kind of, he has a, a pessimistic countenance, I would say. But with that comes a lot of wise um, musings on, on life and what the lockdown has done to people. Uh, but also stories about being in a heavy metal band and being a musician and being on the road and making no money and stuff. And it's it's very interesting. But Primordial are the band, and that's really what put them in the position to even have a podcast is Primordial. A band who plays Ireland maybe once every couple of years, but gets international festivals all over the world every year. And they're a huge export musically for Ireland, specifically because they're like really the only heavy metal band of note that I can think of off the top of my head that have done a lot, a lot of like and are still around, I don't know, 25, or sorry, what, 35 years later now at this stage. Um, so I got into them in their later albums. They had an album called Redemption at the Puritan's Hand in 2011, which I love. Then they had uh, Where Greater Men Have Fallen in 2014. Um, and then they had Exile Amongst the Ruins a couple of few years later. And uh, one of the songs that really got me uh, on where greater men have fallen it's called Babel's Tower and it's about the famous biblical story the Tower of Babel and um, I fucking love this song and I'm going to play a clip for it now this is to me it's the premier heavy metal band in Ireland it's primordial this is from Where Greater Men Have Fallen from 2014 and this is Babel's Tower
Alright, so that was Primordial there, or as Alan pronounces it, Primordial, on his podcast. Uh, I mean, I, I always pronounce his name Alan Avril. I can get behind calling him Averill, but I cannot get behind calling the band Primordial. And I don't know if that's just because of his accent, or he has a kind of a, a muddled accent of, um, I couldn't quite place him. Some of it sounds like Dublin, but some of it doesn't at all. Um, but anyway, yeah, there you go, Primordial. Uh, and what was the song again? It was Baybell's Terror, of course. So have a listen to Alan's podcast if you like. It's called Agitators Anonymous. I really like it. I don't think you have to be a fan of his band to listen to it. It's generally interesting if you like heavy metal music or underground heavy metal especially and hear about the struggles of a band who even in the height of their success were still struggling basically. Um, they're never world, they're like never like a world globe trotting, world beating band but they're the most successful Irish heavy metal band uh, probably ever I think. And now you cannot have a heavy metal or hard rock podcast about Irish music and not discuss the band Tin Lizzy. Everybody's heard of them, of course. Phil Linnett, the famous bass player and singer from Tin Lizzy, unfortunately died in 1986, but is celebrated constantly by people who love rock music. Um, and in general, in Ireland, he's celebrated every year around the anniversary of his death. There's a statue of him outside the pub Bruxelles, or Brussels, as a lot of people call it. I think everyone else is probably right, but again, there's an X in there, and I don't know, I have a hard time not pronouncing it. Um, and there's a statue of Phil Linnett outside that, just off Grafton Street in Dublin. And people go and they get photographs with the statue and stuff. And it's actually a really nice statue, but that's a rock bar in Dublin, one of the few rock bars in Dublin. And um, Tin Lizzy are huge. They were Ireland's biggest rock export, definitely, ever. Uh, but specifically metal, I was saying primordial, but rock was definitely Tin Lizzy. Now, not everybody in this band at all times was Irish, like Scott Gorham wasn't, and... Um, uh, well, obviously Phil Lynn it was, the bass player and singer and Brian Downey, but you had then the likes of um, oh, the guy who ended up in Motorhead, um, Brian Robertson, he was from Scotland, and a couple of other people through the years, and they had a few lineup changes, and this is from their final album they ever released, which was called Thunder and Lightning, not one of their most popular albums, but I think it has some excellent songs on it, uh, and by this stage, the lineup was uh, Phil Linnett, uh, Scott Gorham, and then John Sykes on guitar, on second guitar, uh, Brian Downey on drums, and uh, it was, uh, oh, what's his name, Darren Horton um, was on keyboard. So Darren Horton ended up being in the later versions of Thin Lizzy uh, down in the 2010s and onwards, but uh, at the time he was the keyboard player on Thunder and Lightning. This song is called Holy War. Right, so there's a track from Thunder and Lightning, the final Tin Lizzy studio album from 1983. 
it spawned quite a good live album as well called Live Life um, or Life Live, something like that. And that is a great late period Thin Lizzy album because it has songs from the likes of Renegade from 81 and uh, Thunder and Lightning from 83, their last two albums, uh, which aren't obviously on, on the other Thin Lizzy live albums. But um, yeah, go and check that album out if you like. It also has a great title track, a title track, Thunder and Lightning, like Thunder and Lightning. You know that. You probably know that one. Um, so there you are. Yeah, that's Tin Lizzy. And uh, I'm going to k- keep the Tin Lizzy theme for another uh, couple of songs. So before Phil Linnett did uh, eventually die in 1986, he was still involved in music up until very close before his death. And one of those songs w- was with a former um, lead guitarist from Tin Lizzy. Um, it was, of course... Uh, Gary Moore, sorry, his name escaped me there, and the song is called Out in the Fields. Now, if you have a Tin Lizzy best of, you might have been mistaken uh, in thinking that this is actually a Tin Lizzy song, but it's not. But it's often shoved onto the best of albums, along with a couple of other fill-in-it solo tracks and some other things he did, like Parisian Walkways with with, uh, Gary Moore as well. But it's actually a Gary Moore uh, solo song uh, with Phil in it as a guest. And Gary Moore was producing a lot of albums in the 80s, hard rock albums, before he turned into a blues musician basically for the rest of his career. Um, This one's called Run For Cover. It's from 1985, the album, of course. The song is called Out In The Fields and it's Gary Moore and Phil in it. You must know this one, I'm sure you do. songs I think I've ever heard but it doesn't suffer for it I think it benefits for it um, so the final Tin Lizzy linked song I'm gonna do is from the band Seven Sisters and many of you will be familiar with that name one because I spoke to the singer Kyle McNeil on my second episode of Feckin' Metal and two because Kyle wrote the theme music for Feckin' Metal which you hear at the start of almost every episode and here at the end of most episodes um, he wrote that specifically for the show which I've mentioned several times because I want to promote the band and let people know about them because they're excellent so last year they released an acoustic EP called Campfire Tales and this was a collection of their own songs uh, redone acoustically and then one cover version which was the song Borderline by Tin Lizzy which originally featured on the 1976 Tin Lizzy album Johnny the Fox now this was a departure of course for Seven Sisters who at times have had acoustic passages in their songs but they've certainly never released an acoustic song let alone an EP of five songs uh, done acoustically Um, one of the comments they got on their Facebook page was the album represented a new genre in music which is the new wave of folk hippie garbage (laughs) so 
So there was a lot of resentment from the hardcore fans when this was released, but I think it's excellent. Uh, yeah, and that song that they covered, Campfire Tales, um, uh, sorry, on Campfire Tales, uh, Borderline, it's not a particularly well-known Thin Lizzy song. I certainly didn't know it very well, but it did strike a chord or ring a bell like i have that album johnny the fox so i'm definitely i definitely had listened to it but i didn't know very well and when i listened to the version on campfire tales i was like this is uh he's gone and transformed the entire song in my opinion so here's a clip from borderline from campfire tales in 2020 by seven sisters Okay, so there you go. That's Borderline by Thin Lizzy, covered by Seven Sisters on their EP, Campfire Tales, which is available on Bandcamp. I think there was a physical release as well. It's probably all gone. They tend to release in short batches, small batches, uh, and they tend to disappear quite quickly, but it's there anyway if you want to have a listen to it. I think it's on Spotify now as well. It wasn't originally, but it is now. Um, And I just want to say Kyle McNeil is doing a lot of really good stuff recently. He also released a short EP of... um, new versions of seven sisters songs and they were done in the style of 8-bit video game soundtrack music and this wasn't just a frivolous side project thing he did for the laugh it was actually to raise money for the black heart in camden which is a fantastic pub and live music venue which is at the risk of closing down and basically they need to raise £150,000 sterling in order to stay open and i think there might be 25 or 26 days left on that campaign online and kyle released this EP on Bandcamp with 100% of the proceeds going to the Blackheart. And I've been to this venue. This was the last place I ever was seeing a live gig. I actually saw two live gigs in a row, which I've mentioned a couple of times before. That was Visigoth back on the 5th and 6th of March in 2020. And it's one of those live music venues that are few and far between nowadays. It's small and that it's a club, but it lives and breeds hard rock and heavy metal and it's the exact type of venue where a band like Visigoth who are coming over from the US who can't play a theatre because they don't have a large enough following it's in, it's the exact place where a band like them can cut their teeth and they could do two nights in a row which is great but a band maybe a bit smaller than them might only do one night but we need smaller venues like that the music industry the live music industry needs smaller venues bands need to be able to travel over from america and cut their teeth over in the uk or ireland but this just happens to be the uk i remember speaking to jake before the show he's the singer from Visigoth, and i just asked are you making any money on these shows because to me it's like you're flying over at least five people from salt lake city in utah and he said as far as he was aware they were just breaking even on the shows i don't know if you're from the uk you might want to go and find that 
campaign. I don't know exactly where it is, but it's on one of those sites. Um, look up the Blackheart Camden um, fundraiser or something like that, fundraising campaign. But it's I threw a few quid into it. It's well worth it. I know it's not in Ireland and I'm from Ireland, but it's a venue that means a lot to me. I haven't seen any specific campaigns for venues in Ireland. If I did see them, I'd certainly contribute to them. But uh, there you go. Enough of that preaching. New wave of folk hippie garbage there from uh, Seven Sisters. Um, now, here's one of the tenuous links to Irish musicians and Irish music. This is a song from Dio, the band, uh, and it's from the second album that I couldn't think of the name of uh, <laughs> the other week. It's from The Last In Line. And uh, this song is called One Night in the City. And the reason I'm including this is because it has the guitarist Vivian Campbell on it, who's from Northern Ireland. And uh, he obviously contributed to writing these songs back in the day and, and fell out with Dio actually over it. But um, this is one of the better songs on the album i think but not one of the most well known it's not like we rock or um the title track it's it's kind of a bit of a, a deep cut and it's one night in the city and i really enjoyed hearing this live when i saw dio back in 20 what sorry 2005 in dublin and they were doing the whole holy diver album and then they threw in rainbow songs and black sabbath songs and they threw in this song as well it's one night in the city from the last in line So that was Dio. Now, um, this isn't really heavy metal, but it's certainly hard rock. And uh, if you're a kind of, if you're a musician and you play guitar, especially lead guitar, I'm sure you'll have heard of this person. But if you're a general music fan and you don't know, you're not too familiar with Irish musicians, you may not have heard of this person. Uh, it's Rory Gallagher, and this song is fantastic for its lead guitar and vocals, in my opinion. Rory was not only a great singer. Sorry, he was not only a great guitarist, but he was also a great singer. This is one of my favourite Rory Gallagher songs of all time, from the opening riff onwards, the first note, in fact, onwards. It's called Bad Penny. just a very very small sample of Rory Gallagher there but there's so much more to Rory and I'm not even a huge Rory Gallagher fan but uh, if you want to go and look up the album Juice or Deuce you might say if you're from America and then Tattooed Lady as well they're both 
excellent albums from the early 70s that song isn't on either of them but uh, they're really really good albums start to finish there's actually a Rory Gallagher festival in Ireland every year obviously not you know in 2020 but um, it's up in Donegal where Rory was from and basically it's it's like a, one of those festivals that's spread out over a load of different venues and you go to see bands in different pubs and different small venues and I've never been but a friend of mine Darren he goes every year and has told me now that I have to go next time and it's not just Rory Gallagher tribute bands or whatever they have the likes of Wishbone Ash have played at it and stuff so um, it sounds great and maybe if you've ever been to that let me know how did you get on um, if you're from Ireland or maybe you're not from Ireland and you've been to it I don't know let me know uh, how you got on at that Okay, so coming towards the end now, this uh, next band is called Stereo Nasty, and I played a song of theirs on a previous episode a while back now, actually, and uh, a lot of you liked it and commented on it. So this, that was from their first album, um, and this, Nasty by Nature, and this is from their second album and final album. Unfortunately, they split up shortly after this, but this was out in 2017. Uh, It's called Twisting the Blade is the name of the album, and if you want to go on Bandcamp and have a look for it there, it's available digitally, but there are some vinyl copies of it available as well. And I ordered one recently as well, uh, actually, and a t-shirt. The artwork is absolutely fantastic. Um, so this song is called Kill or Be Killed from Twisting the Blade by Stereo Nasty from 2017. Stereo Nasty there, the lads from Kildare, who unfortunately are no longer together. Um, Coming towards the end now. So this next band is another one I've featured previously. They're called Steel Tormentor, and they're from County Mayo in Ireland. Uh, They're active from the mid-90s, technically to the present day, although there hasn't been anything released since 2016. They had a live album from Dublin, live in Dublin. Um, And they released an album of demos, which, according to James Kelly, who's uh, the... Uh, vocalist and, and guitarist and he actually plays keyboards in the band he's he's told me that this actually uh, is a compilation of songs that sounds a lot better than their official full length from 2010 Return of a King and from listening myself I think it does as well um, so this is called Return of the Demos it was released in 2016 it's on Spotify and, and other places Bandcamp as well I think um, so this is Steel Tormentor another Irish metal band and this song is from the album Return of a King from 2010 but a better sounding version you can find on Return of the Demos from 2016 it's called Into the Black Okay, we're almost done for this week. So the final song 
Again, it's not quite heavy metal, kind of hard rock. And this is from a very new band who are based in Dublin and Ireland. The band is called Freak Pointing. And I've been in contact with the singer recently and he's asked me to play this song. If I would play the song on the show. Uh, And I said, yeah, sure. Up and coming band, very new. They've only got one song recorded. This is going up on Bandcamp shortly, he said. Um, So I'm going to play the entire song. You can let me know what you think. This is a very, very new, the newest piece of music on this uh, show. It's recorded in 2021. It's called Freak Pointing. Um, it's soon to be released on Bandcamp and the song is called Joke. <laughs> joke i like that at the end okay you let me know what you thought of that one okay and this is going to do it for feckin metal episode 22 don't mention the arc and i'll see you next week (laughs) 